Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The World is Noisy, God Whispers, the podcast. I am your host, Julia Monin, and author of the book, The World is Noisy, God Whispers. And today's podcast for March of 2020 is a special one indeed, because for the first time ever on this podcast, I have with me a special guest, Father Sean Wilson. Hi, Father Sean. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Julia. Thanks for having me. So Father Sean and I recently started to do another podcast. Um, what is it? It's called Living the Lectionary. And we, we just recorded an episode, our second episode of that. And so while he and I were in the studio, oh, what did I say? You said Living the Lectionary. We did Darting <laughs> Through the Faith. That was that was years ago, Julia. He is giving me this weird look like I said something wrong. And um, yes, okay, our new podcast is called Darting Through the Faith. Living the Lectionary is a radio show we used to host together that now I host on my own. Do and you have too many too many shows? I might. This is why I stick to the world is noisy. God whispers for everything, all my books and podcasts, because I, I get confused very yeah. easily. So anyway, Father Sean is here. We just finished recording this other podcast. And the um, what I wanted to talk to you guys about on the podcast this month was the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Um, confession, some common obstacles that come up for us um, going to the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And I wanted to get a priest's perspective on all of this. And so I've asked Father Sean if he would be with us today, and he graciously accepted. Isn't he great? He is great. He's not agreeing with me, but I'll tell you, he's great. So we're going to open like we always do. We're going to put ourselves in the presence of God. I'm going to read to you scripture. This is from John chapter 19. Verse, no, I'm sorry, John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Not surprisingly, the reason that we went to that scripture is because we are talking about the sacrament of confession. And this is where Jesus sets the sacrament up. Yes, Father Sean? Yes. <laughs> okay. He said, I'm only going to... softball. <laughs> said, I'm, I'm only going to speak when spoken to, so I'm speaking to you. <laughs> so um, so this is why we're, we're starting with the scripture, right? Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So why this podcast today? Okay. There's always a reason for my madness. First of all, it is Lent. This is a... Um, a season of penance, and certainly I'm hoping and praying that the Sacrament of Reconciliation is part of this for you, no matter if it's been decades since you have gone or you just went last week. I'm hoping that you make it sometime during the season of Lent. But also because I was with friends last week, Father Sean, and so it was myself and two of my friends, and we got talking about the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Um, and we got talking about our own... Um, the own obstacles that we've had to overcome in the in the years with going um, where we were in the beginning when we were going to the sacrament and some things that we had to overcome at that time in our lives. And then like even now as people who regularly go to the sacrament of reconciliation, things we struggle with now. And I, and as we were talking about that, I almost was laughing to myself because they just seem so ridiculous um, that these obstacles like shouldn't keep us out of the sacrament of reconciliation. Um, but primarily what was a common thread between the three of us was 
this idea that this false idea that when we go into the sacrament of confession to confess our sins to the priest who is acting in the person of Christ, that we need to do it in a most perfect way. We need to make sure we are saying it in the most perfect order and that whatever these sins are, we are um, communicating them with just the utmost perfection of that exists in the English language, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That we, we look for the right way to say things, that maybe we write it down. Well, maybe if I say it this way, it'll mean something different. And we were all sharing our own experience with that in different ways. But it, I found it almost comical that we went to that extreme to, to make sure that whatever was happening in that, in that confessional was done so perfectly. What are your thoughts on that, that particular obstacle? Well, let's see. So that, I mean, there's some merit to it, right? Mm-hmm. Because in some ways, the priest has to know what, what, what we're doing with. So, you know, sometimes we get junior high mm-hmm. student might be the, mm-hmm. the best example who says, uh, I do bad stuff. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you kind of have to, you have to poke, you have to prod. Even, you know, adults get this way, like, especially, you know, uh, things that are less pleasant to confess, you know, they'll just say the sixth commandment, you know, mm-hmm. thou shall not commit adultery. Mm-hmm. I, I sinned against that. And, you know, we have to poke and prod a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's a sense that, well, yeah, you want to be clear in what, in what mm-hmm. sins were committed. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as saying things perfectly so that they come out right, so that, um, especially like, um, if it's, I want, I want to make sure father knows what I'm saying, but I want him to think well of me because mm-hmm. I said this, like, that's, that's a little different issue. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe from the other side of the screen, mm-hmm. I could just say that what I'm about ready to respond, right? Cause mm-hmm. you've, the, you being the penitent mm-hmm. have had like days, weeks, at least minutes to prepare what you're going to say. And I have as much time as you speak to prepare mm-hmm. what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Holy Spirit's active in all of this. So the priest knows that what's about ready to come out of his mouth is not going to be worded precisely. Some mm-hmm. of us are smarter than others. If I went to confession to Pope Benedict, I imagine his response would be absolutely precise. But your regular parish priests, like, we're not going to be absolutely precise in our speech. We're going to give it our best shot. Mm-hmm. We're going to f- wing it. Um, and, and so, so we don't expect other people to have it precisely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's, you know, you, you do the best so that you're not vague or, um, so it's actually clear what, what you're saying, but mm-hmm. if you obsess about it, it's, there's a, there's a good chance there's some pride in there. Bingo. And thank you for saying that because you used the word obsess, which is something that I talk about every now and again that I heard from a retreat master of my own a couple years ago. And he made the comment, the second that you've begun obsessing, and this just isn't about how we're going through the sacrament of reconciliation. It's about anything. The second you have, you begin obsessing, it has become about you, Mm. right? It's become about you. And so pride has entered the picture. And so we can certainly do this with the rights and the wrongs and and we're somehow going to mess up confession which i think is something that we all need to remember that if we when we enter into the confessional if it's been a long time since we've been to the sacrament of reconciliation if we don't really know what we're doing if we're nervous about how this is all going to come across then it's isn't it best just to let the priest know that right so that you can kind of get an understanding of where the penitent is coming from and help and kind of walk them through it yes he's nodding his head yes mm-hmm. yeah yeah i remember you know one of the first times you're in the confessional somebody came in father I, i'm really nervous 
Yeah, mm. me too. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't and actually, it's every time, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't know what. There's the only preparation you can do is your own prayer and study. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so it's completely normal, and we can be comfortable letting the priest in on that, right? Especially if it's been a while. Yeah, I mean, and it, and that's always a great place to start, Father. It's been it's been a decade. It's mm-hmm. been, or if even it's been a year, mm-hmm. and you know, there's some things I've probably forgotten. Mm-hmm. So. That's why confession always starts with, it's been so long since my last confession. Mm-hmm. It's It gives us just a great kind of like baseline starting mm-hmm. point. Because if you come in and you say, it's been, you know, six hours since my last confession, it's like, okay, I, it gives me a good place to start. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll help you. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think I can speak for almost every priest um, that I've ever been to. I've never had, um, well... I can't say I've never had a bad experience, but um, there's a thousand more good experience than there have been Mm -hmm. bad, at least in my own life. Mm -hmm. That's been my experience, too, that um, in the confessional, the priests are always incredibly compassionate and understanding. And of course, we believe as Catholics that the priest is acting in persona Christi, in the person of Christ, right? That it's you in body, but it's really the Lord Jesus that we are confessing our sins to, right? Um, so then that leads to the argument, why even go to a priest altogether, mm. right? Can you touch on that a little bit, why we as Catholic Catholics do sacramental confession, meaning we confess our sins to a priest and not just to God him, himself in our own prayer in our bedroom, for example? Yeah, I guess I could. This could go on for a while, but okay. <laughs> you stop me, all right? Okay, okay, okay. Um, I, so it it seems to me rather clear that Jesus wanted it this way. Mm-hmm. The scripture that you started with about Jesus breathes on the apostles, mm-hmm. gives them the Holy Spirit, says, mm-hmm. whoever sins you forgive are forgiven, whoever sins you retain are retained. John mm-hmm. chapter 20 starts with 19, mm-hmm. verse 19. It, it It's clear that Christ wanted his apostles to forgive sins. He gave them the power to do so. He tells them, like, you have to forgive some and retain others. They're going to have to know what they are to mm-hmm. do that. You fast forward a little bit in the scriptures to James chapter 5. And James the apostle just clearly says, confess your sins to one another. Like it is, that is exactly what Mm -hmm. he says. Mm -hmm. So so it seems pretty clear that Mm -hmm. that's what Jesus wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, And if anybody says otherwise, well, I mean, I guess we'll find out on your judgment day. I mean, like, I know that sounds flippant, but anything that we we say, I mean, Mm -hmm. we'll be, that'll be part of our judgment day. Mm So I always think it's more fun to ask why. Like, why does God want us to have this experience of mm-hmm. confessing your sins? <clears throat> and maybe more importantly, it's about hearing the words of absolution, mm-hmm. that you hear those words, I absolve you from your sins, and and they're done, right? Like, mm-hmm. you get to, the Lord, the best things that Jesus ever wants to give, he anchors in human relationships, right? Like, you don't just take a piece of bread and say, I need the spiritual nourishment of the Eucharist. This bread, this tortilla from Taco Bell is going to do it for me. So I'll take this because why should I have to go to mass? Like, mm-hmm. why should I have to be around other people? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we nobody really argues that, at least Catholics, maybe non-Catholics do. I don't really mm-hmm. know. But even baptism, like there's no Christian community that says you can baptize yourself. Mm-hmm. Baptism, you, generation into the Christian life is anchored in other people regeneration in the Christian life through the sacrament of reconciliation is anchored in other people. Like nobody anoints themselves, gives themselves the anointing of the sick. None of our high schoolers confirm themselves. 
the best gifts that God ever wants to give his people are anchored in human relationships. Mm. And the forgiveness of sins, maybe one of the best of those gifts, is anchored in human relationships so that we know we've received it. So we have no doubt mm-hmm. that we've received it. So that's stinking beautiful, man. Yeah. That's well, just it's, beautiful. It's the Lord, man. I wish you guys could be in this room because like just hearing him speak, like his passion is like palpable when he's, when he's talking about this, I hope that's coming across just in the audio, but it is, it is profound. Okay. So, um, to hear those that, that w- there's an, a- there's a, something on our end, like we need it. Okay. Like we need confession. Like we need to say these things out loud. You mentioned, we need to hear the prayer of absolution. We need to know that this is done, right? There's like a, there's a psychological component happening with us because we can't just separate our spiritual self. We're like, okay, we're spiritual selves and our physical selves. Like we're, we're connected, right? We've got our, we're, we're connected. So we can't just, yes. Ah, (laughs) you can't just make this separation is my point. Um, so we need to hear this. We need to know that our sins are forgiven. And so we go, we go to the priest to receive sacramental reconciliation, sacramental confession that we were confessing to the priest. Okay. So today's um, podcast, I'm not even sure how long this has been going on, but I can tell we're probably already getting kind of close to the end, was really just about having an opportunity to hear from the priest's perspective. The last question I want to ask you about this sacrament of confession is I think something we can get as a penitent, we can get tied up with is um, you know, we know we see you, the priest, outside of the confessional. And what is that like for you? Like we we think maybe maybe I shouldn't even go to my priest who knows me. I've been there. I shouldn't go to my priest who knows me because I'm gonna have to see you after this. And even if we go behind the screen, you know, it's always kind of like, I don't know how anonymous that is. You know, you're gonna be able to recognize my voice type of a thing. So like, I don't know. I just guess we always maybe we're, we're wondering is when we see you outside of the confessional, you're going to look at us different. You're going to treat us different because now you know who we really are, how mm. much of a sinners we really are. So what is that really actually like for a priest? Yeah. Um, what is that really like? So for one, there is, if you're in confession for an hour, right? I'm hearing confessions nonstop for an hour. Let's say that's five minutes per confession. That's a little long. Mm-hmm. Um, that's twenty people's confessions, right? That's mm-hmm. that's and and so so you don't. I mean, like you in general, you don't remember. Like mm-hmm. I, sometimes you remember, like oh yeah, I, they were in confession. I was like, I don't have the slightest clue what they said. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and behind the screen, I mean, pff, forget about it. <laughs> I mean, um, so. So there, there is like a human element. Like sometimes you do remember stuff, but I, you know it doesn't, it doesn't, I, it doesn't phase me a whole lot. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you hear something for the first time, and mm-hmm. you know you you go to a priest who lives hundreds of miles away, and you call him, and he just kind of you're like, I heard this. Uh, did I give the right advice? And that's more like for me, it's more like self conscious. Like, uh, I did I handle that rightly? And there's been a number of cases that I've I've asked a, a veteran moral theologian and. Um, and so that, that's what I, I mean, so generally people like I see in confession every now and then you remember some, it doesn't really affect too much. Um, actually I should take that back. It, do, you don't often think less of people. Mm-hmm. There is a sense like, and so our last podcast was about the liturgy mm-hmm. and we said all the liturgy is about worship of God mm-hmm. and confession too. So it's like this person came to confession and worshiped God so much that they wanted to offer their sins to him. So you think a lot more of people, people who, who take their sins seriously, 
who want to convert, who know that they could be better, um, you actually, you think a lot of them because one, you're encouraged by it. Like, man, that, that was, they're awesome. Um, and uh, so it's, it's, you, you think a lot of people, it's, it's a great place of encouragement because God, like God won the victory. He already forgave you. And mm-hmm. this person's coming to worship God. They care enough about their shortcomings, like that they want to be strengthened and forgiven. It's like, phew, you get encouraged a lot by people. Mm-hmm. And isn't that like exactly the opposite of what the lie circulating in our heads would tell you? Because it would tell you that if you tell this to somebody else, a human being, this priest who's sitting here, yeah. that they're going to look at you and think less of you, right? Because you've fallen in this way. And you just said the exact opposite, right. that it actually makes you think more of people, that people are taking their walks with Christ seriously, that they're worshiping God, that they're offering even these weaknesses, these failings, these imperfections, some be it perhaps big and ugly yeah. as they are right right, <laughs> um, right so so um so yeah recognizing and then we, i think too something that we often forget um and maybe we don't often forget it but it's that the priest too there comes a time in every priest's um journey where you're on the other side of that too right where you're not the, the confessor or where you are the penitent and so you know how to you know what it's like to experience it from the other perspective yeah. too and so oftentimes we can say well you don't know what it's like because you're a priest you're saying, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was 26 years of my life before I was on the other side of right. the screen. But to be honest, how I went to confession has changed since I've become a priest. Okay. Less worried about it. It's like, oh, I've been on the other side of Father. Like, I, and and I go to my friends to confession because mm-hmm. it's like, pff, I I know if I was on the other side, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't bat two eyes about them going to confession. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, uh, yeah, he knows that I need to go to confession, and he's generous enough to do it. Mm-hmm. And so fine. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I don't get too worried about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I did a little bit more. There was that sense like, would I go to him for confession? You mm-hmm. know, my friend who mm-hmm. I, who knows me so well, mm-hmm. actually, I like it a lot more to go to your friends at confession. Cause like, he knows me, mm-hmm. he's known I've, I've struggled with this for like 12 years. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I think that's good stuff. And I'm hoping that for those of you listening, that maybe that will help um, just break down some of the walls that might be some of the obstacles that might be preventing you from going and making a sacramental confession or from continuing to go, because that can be that can be something, too. We've gone. We can, and and why why do we this? Why does this need to become a regular part of our spiritual um, routine? So hopefully anyway, that just answers some questions. If you have more questions um, about this that we didn't touch on on the show today that you would like um, answers to, I would be happy to relay them to Father Sean and then um, relay those answers to you later. So if you have questions, you can go to my website, theworldisnoisy.com, and you can reach out to me through there. And I'd be happy to try to find answers to those questions for you. Okay, so to wrap this up, we are going to head, go ahead and close with a reflection from my book. This is reflection number 142, which if you have your book in front of you, is starts on page 249. It's called Short Lines. Sin creates darkness. Lies create darkness. Secrets create darkness. Basically, any thoughts we have tormenting us about our past, our future, and everything in between create darkness. The good news, though, is that the way out of the darkness is pretty simple. You just have to turn on the light. How do we do this? How do we turn on the lights in our darkened world? Simple. We talk about it. We say things out loud. Yes, even those things we don't want to say, even those things we want to keep hidden. It really is that simple. I wonder then why more of us aren't speaking up. 
Regardless, I'm not here to judge. In fact, I actually prefer a short line at the confessional, so if others have found a way out of the darkness without taking it straight to the man himself, then I have no business telling them otherwise. I, for one, need confession. It's not an option for me. It's where I'm reconciled with God. It's where I'm renewed and restored. It's where I'm set free. I, therefore, will continue to go. Yes, even if I'm the only person in the world standing in line. I end this quote by, re, uh, by this reflection by quoting St. Augustine, who says, Right is right, even if no one is doing it. Wrong is wrong, even if everyone is doing it. Thank you, Father Sean, for being with us on the, epi- on the show this month. Thanks for having me, Julia. Yeah, you're, you're, you're welcome. It, it was our pleasure, seriously. And now let's go ahead and close in the prayer that closes this reflection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Give me the grace and courage, Lord, to turn on the lights in my life. Help me to persevere in my efforts to rid myself of the darkness forever. You, Lord, are the light of the world. May I walk always as a child of the light. I love you. I thank you. I praise you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.